Okay, we're back with Just Talking. We're over our winter break, back on summer, and we're going to try and bring you more episodes of Just Talking. We've had some fans that have missed us, a.k.a. your, your our family and your aunt, which is family. And I like talking to you anyway, Katie. So, okay, today we're going to talk about, we're just going to say hellos, and we're going to do social norms. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Anything and everything. Let's discuss this calmly and rationally. Come on in here. Let's talk about it. Wait, wait, wait. Let's discuss this. Okay, we're back. What's up? We <laughs> haven't done this since, I think, February. I don't remember. It's been a really long time. I went away for spring training for the Yankees in late February, March, and we haven't done any since then. And a lot's happened. What's happened? I have a nephew. Yes, and he's so cute. And you're done with your job. I quit working weddings and I'm doing Yankees full time now. But that already happened the last time we. It was in the works. It's not full. Not because we recorded February. I think we recorded after February, but I could be wrong. I usually am. Yeah, I know that we didn't. So Okay, so then I am wrong. (laughs) Well, Katie just finished. You're officially on summer vacation. Well, yeah. I think I'll be working for my mother. Yeah. And we have a wedding next weekend, and then we're going to New Jersey for two months. Today was the first day where I got really excited about going to New Jersey. It's tangible now. Like, oh, in a a week from now, we'll be on a flight to New Jersey. Close enough for me. Right. Well, yeah. We don't arrive until 6 a.m. on Sunday. Katie, a week... From today, next Saturday, at some point next Saturday, we'll be on a flight to New Jersey. Don't try and... Late at night. Don't, don't, <laughs> don't do this. Don't do this. <laughs> so it's more like a week and a day. And I, I, we have to bring a lot because we're going for two months and I have to bring some like business stuff, um, like my whole setup. So I needed to make a packing list. I love making packing lists, handwriting Me them. Me too. So <laughs> then, then I tried to get a notebook. I have like four notebooks out here. They're all full. So I got to go to CVS and buy a new notebook. And that's basically Christmas Day for me when I get a brand new notebook. He gets very excited about his notebook. You should see all the notebooks I collect around our, our living spaces. Um, and you should see how his face lights up when he likes to show off his brand new notebook. So many empty pages that I'm going to fall. Fail. Not as much as me. Definitely not. I don't think anyone likes them as much as you do. Yeah. So I have a lot to pack. We're going to have to send stuff early. But I'm planning on packing as light as possible besides all the weird stuff I'm bringing to the wedding, which I intend to just leave in the house. That's a good call. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, big change. You got your hair cut short. You were born with short hair. I was born bald. I do not have hair. Me neither. All right, we're going to talk about social norms. That's going to be the weight of this episode. It was really just an episode to get on and say, hi, everyone. We're going to do these again. So if you enjoyed hearing us talk, and I think we're going to bring try and bring Luke into the fold when we're in New Jersey. Yay. That'll be fun. Because he likes doing this stuff too, I think. Yeah, he's good at it. He's a good voice for it. Yeah. All right, so just I thought we'd do some social norms, and I have a list here of social norms regarding public behavior. 
I'm going to read the list. So what you have to do for me, Katie, and what I'll do is, if you have any thoughts besides, yes, do that. Wait, I have a perfect story that I was just, that was just shared with me yesterday that might go into this very well. Let's hear it. Do you want to do that? Just say that now. I don't know if I should. Okay. Anyways. So a coworker of mine, his, uh, her twin sons were Dry, carpooling with a friend of theirs and the friend came out of his house when they picked him up and got into the car and proceeded to trim his nails in their car <laughs> clip his nails in their car just letting the nail clippings go wherever i won't name names um, are you talking about me not in someone's car but i'm pretty willy-nilly about where i clip my nails like in college, I would bring the clippers out to the living room while we were all watching TV. I think I'm allergic to this lotion. <laughs> My throat's closing up. Oh, no. I have a death on the <laughs> return episode. <laughs> episode one, season two, Katie dies from allergic to lotion. Why didn't you use the lotion I bought you yesterday? You bought me lotion? yet? Oh, yeah, that's right. That's like sunscreen. Ooh. <laughs> have some water. <laughs> She's coughing. She's holding the mic away from her phone. She's drinking some Jamba Juice. I got her. Don't put it on my notebook. She almost put her wet Jamba Juice cup <laughs> in my brand new notebook. Sorry. Would have been worse. It's just in the perfect spot for my Jamba Juice. Yeah, I brought you, I brought I bought you sunscreen yesterday to celebrate yeah. summer. Jimmy is very good about. We're not going to talk about that stuff. It's uh, so sweet though. I think everyone should know. Clipping your nails. I used to bring my nails out. So in the car with people, not acceptable. I think that's clear cut. Right. But but what about here's how because I'm and to not even have a passing thought of maybe I shouldn't clip my nails in these people this person's car while they're giving me a ride to school nothing just completely unfazed by it okay so I have a question for you I will like in college I would take my nail clippers out to the communal living room while we're all watching TV and clip my nails and collect all the clippings like I would I would make sure they're in a pile. Yeah, hold it, hold it up here. But this is like loose down here. Yeah, but it's fine. Just if you hold it, it'll come right up. Okay. So then I collect all my clippings and throw them out. To to some people, that was like I crossed the social norm, and that was gross. Um, yeah, I don't know. I've clipped my nails in our family room before, but I I have like a paper towel laid out. I'm doing it on the tile. Away from everyone. You can't do it on carpet. That's gross. That's gross. But I just I do it on like a coffee table. But yeah, I don't. Mm. I never knew that like nail clippings are disgusting. They're pretty. Gross. Maybe feet toenail clippings. I agree. I do. I only clip my toenails three times. Well, think of how anyway. dirty fingernails and toenail. Well, I guess not toenails as much, but fingernails get in a day. And if you clip them off, they also are probably the one part of your body that gets washed the most daily. Not under your nails, though. Well. Because some people think you just clip your nails in the bathroom. Yeah, I think that's probably the, the most acceptable place and the only place that you should really be clipping your nails. <laughs> but I am also guilty of clipping my nails outside of the bathroom. So Nail clippers? But in the car. My point is the car, big no-no. Shut it down. Don't ever. <laughs> don't ever even think about it. What about... I would agree. Wait, hold what's, on. What's the worst place in the car? A restaurant. Yeah, a restaurant. Yeah. What's worse than that? On an airplane, in a, in an aisle seat. No, I think restaurant around food's got to be the worst. That would be 
mind-blowing if I ever saw that happen. Nail clippers, pens, Tums. They all have something in common. Oh, I was gonna for s- me. See if you need me to put that on your list. I keep those everywhere. So if you open my desk drawer, I two have two pairs of nail clippers. I have a nail clippers, I have pens, and I have tums. Tum. You have pens all around the house. Yeah. Yep. In my backpack. In the bed. In my backpack, in the front pocket. In our bathroom. S- since college. In the shower. Nail clipper, pens, tums. In my car, in the middle console, nail clipper, pens, tums. In the so back, what does that tell us about bathroom. you? Your nails grow really fast. Your stomach is always hurting. No, my chest. Your chest is always hurting. And what was the pen? You have lots of thoughts to write down or you just never know when you're going to need a pen. Yeah, I write stuff down a lot. Uh, yeah, because... Sound like a Na- loser. Nail clipping, nail, nail, <laughs> nail, nails for me. My nails do grow fast, but if your nails, if you notice a nail and it bothers you, and you can't cut it off right away, or like it's digging or something, that's terrible. So I have nail clippers. I don't cut my, I don't cut my fingernails. I only file them. So I keep. <sighs> I used to keep a file with me, but then it's gross filing your nails because then all the nail dust comes off. And it sounds like nails on chalkboard and it makes me shiver. It is a pretty pretty bad sound and feeling, but when you do it all the time, you get over it. All right, I'm going to run down this list of social norms. If a story comes up, share it, if it's a good story. <laughs> Otherwise, some, some are basic, some we can talk about. Shake hands when you meet someone. Yes, you agree. Yes. There's bad yes. handshakes, though. I think I like to think that I give a pretty good firm handshake with web, direct eye contact. You go web to web. Uh, yeah, aggressive. Just get in there, slam in there. And you sound like you're going, you sound like you're going too aggressive. <laughs> Unbleaking eye contact until the other looks away. Wow, you sound like my uncle Dragon. I bet he gives a great handshake. He does. Pretty firm. It's, <laughs> I'd rather a firm handshake like that than when you meet a girl from the South and she just she gives you, you to kiss her she hand. G- she gives you her fingertips as if like I'm a princess. Kiss my hands. Like you just put your hand out to shake Have her. Have you ever met someone that did that? Oh, yeah. When I would, oh, that's when I would go to Sandus in Florida every summer in high school, I went like three years in a row. That's how girls shook hands. They would just put their hand inside of your hand like. Oh, how do you do? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ew. For real. It's, it's, it's That's weird. Pretty frustrating. I don't want your hand. Like you're not offering you know what's even your better? Shake my hand. Go in for that firm handshake and use the other hand to pat them on the shoulder. It's a real power move. Got both hands on you. Yeah. Or no, the big power move that Trump does is you, you put one hand over, like you shake with one hand and you put your left hand over his. So now you have his hand in a hand, in a hand sandwich. Yeah. That's like a known power move that people will do. Trump does that. And Trump overly shakes so he can't let go. That's like a fun move. Okay. Right, um, on to the next. You, unless the movie theater is crowded, do not sit right next to someone. Oh, yeah. Also, I talked I, about this on Six Pack Cinema. That's the podcast I have that does we do. We discuss movies and Hollywood headlines. Well, we did a whole episode on theater etiquette. And my one thing was, don't sit in the seat directly in front of me either if it's an empty theater because I want to put my feet up. 
Yeah, there's pretty much a, a bubble that's about two seats wide and maybe one seat in front of and behind that you should be aware of at all times. Yeah. I don't like when people sit right behind me because then I think that guy's got a gun. He's going to shoot me. So my anxiety's through the roof. I only sit the back row at theaters now. Yeah. So, I mean, Fair. maybe that's like a something to do with the world we live in, but way more to do with my I have my mom's nervous as fuck brain. I think that's I have a to fair sit, thing to be I nervous sit in the, about. I just sit in the front row uh, at the theater once, and it was, so if someone enters the theater, you can't even see them because they enter behind you. Right. I didn't like it at all. I just. But also, I, you're closer to the emergency exit, so the front row is actually kind of a great place to be. And you have to look up, and the screen's all distorted, and I have no idea who's coming and going. I don't like that at all. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. That, right. I think that also applies to like the gym, pretty much anywhere where you have to be next to someone or there's a row of seats or machines. Just yeah. just don't stand. But it heavily replies to, to urinals in men's bathroom. Wouldn't know. But uh, I guess stalls, yeah. In the women's bathroom, if you have five stalls open, please don't go in the one next to me. Well, that's that's a little you have no idea what condition the stall next to you. Like maybe, you know, stalls really choose you more than you choose them. Oh my God, you're so right about that. Because sometimes there's like, you know, someone didn't flush. There's toilet paper all over. Like there's pretty limited. Say there's five stalls open in a public bathroom. About two of them are usually, okay, I'll go in that one. I have a favorite stall at work. Oh yeah. And uh, yeah. At a school. Oh yeah, college. I had my favorite like okay, I gotta take a shit. This is where it's I'm going. This is my. It's the fact that there's never toilet paper in the seat in the toilet. The one next to it is dimly lit. Always toilet paper left in the toilet, which means it doesn't flush well. What are you looking at? I thought that white cat ran past the window. I fucking hate that. Apparently, white cat. the big black mangy one likes to sleep under my car. <gasps> it's my familiar. I fucking hate cats. Um. Okay. <laughs> so yeah. Um. Urinals. Urinals are always free. Like you're not gonna be like, oh, that urinal's gross. Don't. I'm not gonna pee there. Yeah, <laughs> because you don't have to make contact with it. Yeah. Um. Okay. Let's see. Do not pick your nose in public, and if you must burp or fart, say excuse me. Who the fuck has ever said excuse me after a fart? <laughs> besides maybe my grandma. <laughs> She's like, whoops, sorry. I think I would say excuse me. <laughs> uh, you. Because I'd rather. I'd rather them. I'd rather... Wait, 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 but we're talking about in public. Like, with family and friends, you'd be like, oops, sorry, guys. Yeah, in public. Or like, oh, sorry, that was me. Roll down your windows. That's no, totally normal. In but public, I would just walk away. Yeah, just. you wouldn't say anything. Because <laughs> you just hope that, like, people don't think it's you. Yeah. Family and friends, totally fine to be like, gonna want to roll down your window, guys. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. It's actually rude to not do that. Yeah. But I think if you're in a big public area, like when I'm shopping, when I'm out shopping, I think it's best to just go to the next aisle. So, <laughs> so like, yeah, you're standing there picking out a shirt at PacSun in, 2000, in 2004. <laughs> that place already smelled like farts all the time. So, And then someone walks by you, farts, and they're, oh, sorry about that. That is not, that's not, <laughs> that's not a normal. If someone said that to me, I'd probably turn and say, what are you sorry for? Yeah, Please not, explain. That is not a social norm. Um, if someone sneezes near you, say, bless you. That's wrong, actually. Say, well, okay, is that right now? Because it's supposed to be God bless you. 
Uh, I would never say God bless you to anyone. I never say God bless you because I don't believe in God. Right. And, and you don't know who the person's, if the person, person who is sneezing believes in God. So. Yeah, but I don't, if, if I sneeze and someone says God bless you, I'm not going to be like, hey, come on. No, I'll turn around and tell him I don't believe in God. Please take that back. Retract your last statement. She's <laughs> But uh, I guess it is bless you now because I remember people who were like, well, thanks for who are you to bless me? Like, I don't, you know what I mean? Like you have to say Who'd God bless ever you. said that? Don't say gesundheit. Don't say gesundheit. Mm. I like to come out, come up to the person real close and give them a cross on the forehead and say, God bless you, my child. How many, how many sneezes in a row do you, you say bless you for? All of them. That's incredibly annoying. You're more annoying than the person having a sneezing fit. And that's not true because I have sneezing fits all the time. I think it's twice. Bless you. Bless you. All right, I'm done. Or one bless you, wait until they get to their last knees and give them an extra bless you and laugh. Oh, that's not bad. Oh, yeah. bless you. <laughs> bless you. Quite a sneeze there. When at someone else's house, ask permission to do things such as turning on the television or using the bathroom. Now, again, this is like not friends. Like in a complete strain. Why would you? Like if you're if you're a, a guest, you're the first time in someone's house. Yeah, I'd probably say, "May I use your restroom? Where's your restroom?" It's very tricky because if you're friends with them, like good friends, then it comes off as rude. Like, yeah, dude, use the bathroom. Why are you asking me? Yeah, it never really hurts though. It's not rude, but yeah, I guess I'm not like in complete strangers' houses a lot anymore. No, but when you're a little kid going to someone else's house. Like, yeah, the first couple times you have to. I wouldn't say, like, can I use your bathroom? I would say, where's your bathroom? Because why would you allow someone to not let you use the bathroom? That's incredible. It's a risky situation. (laughs) (laughs) Don't give them the opportunity to say no. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Say please and thank you. Yep. Yep. Call Call it once, too. Yeah. I like the double please and thank you. I used to do that when I was a kid. My mom said, always say please and thank you. So I took that very literally. And I would always say, please and thank you together. I don't understand a situation where that works. Can I have a piece of that pizza? Please and thank you. Mm. Exactly. That's weird. It took me a long time to grow out of that. Yeah, you need to wait and then say thank you. Yep. Can I have a piece of Well, if of I that- say thank you right away, then they can't say no. So it's also kind, kind of, of hol- a good tactic. You're holding them hostage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of like what I'm doing with you. <laughs> <laughs> Call to let someone know you will be late or are not going to show up for an appointment. Yep. I, I hate not punctual people. I run half hour early because I'm crazy, but I hate not punctual people. Like you yesterday when you said you were going to be home at one and then you didn't come home till four. I, I never hate, said that I, I was hated coming home at moment. one. Because I wasn't off until 12, and the luncheon was at 12.45. So unless normal luncheons are 15 minutes for you, it's just, no. Okay. Don't interrupt someone while they're talking. Wait for them to finish, and then take your turn. Yes and no. Um, yeah. I, I... With a stranger, yeah. Yeah. All right, let's do one more category. These are, the, these are the options. Social norms while using the phone. Social norms when dining out. Social norms on elevators. Social norms in the classroom and school. Social norms in the workplace. Workplace, school, elevators, 
dining out. I'm interested to hear phone. elevators. Okay, we'll go to elevators. Everyone's been in an elevator, I would assume, in America. I've never. Yeah, I have. When I don't like them. You don't like them? there's another option, I'll take it. Now, an elevator, you fart and it's complete strangers, then you can, You're screwed. You can say sorry. Because even if, though it's complete strangers. Or you look to the other person and you say, that was disgusting. Well, what think, do you say? I'm thinking it's loud. Okay. Acknowledge others in the elevator with a simple nod or hi. Ooh, I, my, my gut reaction was to say, no, that's weird. But then I definitely, definitely do that. A nod at the minimal, like you get in, just like. I do the awkward mouth closed smile. Yeah, that's white people do. Yeah. Yeah. There's like a video out there. I am a white person. So. I know. There's a video out there and it's like, why the fuck do white people do this? And it's just a video of people in their office space. Like they walk past each other and they do that closed mouth, like little like it's like a frown but a smile. Like it's like know? I'm not really happy and behind this smile I'm screaming, Help me, please. I was like, Yep, I do that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like hi. Tough day for you too, huh? <laughs> just push through. We're almost there. Stand facing the front. What? <laughs> what? Stand facing the front. Do not turn around and face other passengers. <laughs> Imagine if someone did that. It'd be so creepy. You'd have to lock that person up. There was definitely a video of elevator pranks. It taught these Italian guys. So the Italian girl I took care of loved these Italian pranksters and they did videos of them doing really strange and unusual things in elevators and that was one of the things they did and the reaction of the passengers on the elevator I felt it it's pretty funny you'd think they were blind or crazy if you're in an elevator it stops at one floor guy walks in <laughs> just walks in stops never turns around what if he does a slow turn and then comes back around like real slow no, I mean, if you just walk in and stare at the straight ahead and <laughs> never turn around and then the elevator continues, that's wild. I've never even... Make direct eye contact with each passenger in the elevator. Yeah, you'd think they're blind or crazy. Never push extra buttons, only the one for your floor. Unless you're three or five, between the ages of three and five, yes, do not do that. Good call, because Ritzy, when she was five or six... Mm, I'm going to say she was six or seven. Definitely six or seven. Probably seven. We were in Hong Kong at, and we were like going up to our room in this hotel, huge hotel. And there's this Hong Kong businessman. What would you call someone? Hong, what's uh, like Chinese for China, person from China? What's a person from Hong Kong? A businessman. But, what, but now I'm interested. What's a person from Hong Kong called? Do you understand the question I'm asking? Why Why would they be called anything from Hong Kong that you wouldn't call a San Francisco? Oh. A San Franciscan. Yeah, you're right. New Jerseyan. Okay. Connecticut. That's weird. What do What do you call someone from Hong Kong? Google search. People of Hong Kong is the most direct translation and is referred on official documents, but that's a mouthful to say. Most English speakers have adopted the term Hong Kongers. Hong Kongers. Or to a lesser extent, <laughs> Hong Kongese. So there was a Hong Hong-Kanese. Konger 
There was a Hong Konger businessman. That sounds terrible. That sounds horrible. And Ritzy, when she was five or six, just learned about the elevator prank of hitting all the buttons. And we got out the elevator and she just went down all of them. And I think my mom and dad were like, oh, shit. And the gentleman just looked at her and just did like a finger wag like, no, 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 no. But he got stuck. I mean, he should just get off the next floor and get on a new elevator. But yeah, don't do that. Don't do that as a good social norm. There's one or two more for the elevator. Uh, never stand right by someone if you are the only two people on board. Yeah. Do not act obnoxiously in the elevator. That's true. But I've acted obnoxiously in the elevator. Yeah, me too. It's like a good place for pranks because people are held hostage. In Sandessen, Florida, second time has come up, me and Taylor Glenn would just be we were probably 16 15 14 15 16 just we would just hang out in the elevator i feel like in vacation destinations like my best example not this is a vacation destination in my mind but vegas whenever there's a group of people entering the elevator they all think that's a good time to make buddies and chat yeah and to me that is the most obnoxious thing you could do don't talk to me. I don't know you. We're not getting drinks. Yeah. Just hang on for two floors and then get the hell off. Yep. Um, we would, there was like tarps because they were redoing the elevator walls in, in Florida. And Taylor and I would hide behind the tarp. And then people would get on thinking they were in an elevator alone. <laughs> and then Taylor and I would just start having a conversation like, what floor are we going to? And they would, <laughs> they would freak out. <laughs> <laughs> Hmm. Or, I'm not or, sure I understand it, how the tarp situation works in an elevator. You've never seen that? It's pretty no. common. Oh, yeah, it's pretty common. In new buildings, it's, it's or like because they have people moving furniture in and out a lot, so they hang tarps so the walls don't get nicked up, or if they're painting the walls, or um, putting in like that tile that they do on the inside or something like that, or the inside steel. The steel. Elevator? Yeah. Tarps in an elevator, it's a normal thing okay. when they're doing construction. We also would just fake sneeze and then say bless you to each other, uh, like very deadpan. I guess that's not that funny, but it was a funny time. Like I'd be there and I'd just go, achoo, and tell, oh, bless you, man. <laughs> <laughs> was that premeditated or just it came naturally to you guys to do that? Yeah, it wasn't like we got like, let's do the fake sneeze thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, we just did it. I don't know. And then we'd be like, achoo. Oh, bless you, man. <laughs> we did that a lot. I mean, it's probably up. So we, I've been obnoxious in an elevator before. This social norm in an elevator, they're missing a key one. If you're traveling one or two floors, don't take the elevator. If you're in a really tall building. Like in college, if you're on a seven-floor dorm and you are just going up or down one f- flight, you don't take the elevator. Do you not know that? No, I've never heard of that one. Yeah. Don't take the elevator for one flight when people have to take them for four or five in the same building. What if there's no one around you, though? What if there's no one in the elevator? I mean, you can get away with it, but it's still not cool. Uh, I was in an elevator with, you won't know these people, they were professional baseball players, Johnny Damon, Jermaine Dye in Chicago. They were playing, or maybe maybe it was in Boston. Me and my cousin AJ got in the elevator because my dad was like, hey, get in the elevator with them. They're, they're, the, they're the baseball players. So we got in and we just went one floor and they were going like all the way up 
and Jermaine Dye, who's a famous baseball player. Good. Who's going just one floor? You little rats, get out of here, take the stairs. In like a playful way, but also serious. Can't just go one floor in an elevator. Yeah, I've never heard of that one. That's interesting. Now that's going to be on the forefront of my mind whenever that, I get in an elevator. Yeah, that was a big thing in one of my college dorms. Like people would get mad. Like, dude, come on. Like, we'll take the stairs up from one to two. We're yeah. going to seven. Burn some extra calories. Yeah. Get your steps in. Yeah. That's all we got. Well, let's do uh, shows, music. Well, let's just do shows because I, I have a podcast where I just do music now called Talking Songs. Just talk all day. Well, I've got a song that I just recently remembered or was reminded of how good it is. All ears. Well, first, let's talk shows. Okay, what do we call this? Indulgences. Before you disperse. Seen any good movies lately? I would uh, beg your indulgence for a moment. Man, The Americans finished. That was a really good show. Uh, I caught up on Handmaid's Tale. I watched season one. I watched the first episode of season two. I don't think I'm going to watch anymore because it seems like it's going to go nowhere and be a trap. Do you think that they have a closure end point in game in mind? Because it seems like they don't. And I don't want to get into a show that seems aimless. All right, then just take it. I just, I mean, I'll wait out season two and then read reviewers and people I trust and say, does it have an end game in sight or is this just going to linger? Because it seems like it's just going to linger. You can't deny that. Yeah, I can see it. Um, I've been rewatching The Office. We've been rewatching The Office. This is probably the third time I've rewatched The Office from the beginning, maybe fourth. But to be honest, I've never actually seen the last or watched the entire last season. Oh, I mean. I kind of gave up towards the end there every time I rewatched it. I think the first three seasons, which we just finished of The Office, has the most heart. Like rewatching it now with my, I mean, I say this in kind of a douchey way, but my more mature adult brain, because I watched it when I was like 18, 20, mm-hmm. 21, when it was first coming out. And I watched it all the time. I found it hilarious. But I, I, you just like kind of laugh at the jokes at that age and you don't resonate with the life stuff. Pam's character in the first three seasons, Pam and Jim's relationship, the way the writers wrote it and handle it, handled it, it's really good. It's like yeah. really, like you're rooting for them so hard right. and not in an annoying friend's way. Or like a cliche sitcom way where you're like, you know what I mean? I don't know. It just feels deeper than just like, cause they're because so it's relatable. Cause I've, Pam is such a real life character. Right. The first three seasons, right? It's like that lack of confidence, but she has confidence when she makes jokes with Jim. Right. And with Michael, she's like super caring and knows that the camera is in on the weirdness. So she'll like look to the camera during Michael's skits and like, she like gets her confidence a little bit there, but, in the rest of her life, she's so unconfident. She doesn't even do her hair. She doesn't wear like any other clothes. I don't know. Like she, she changes, she gets confidence and then she kind of becomes more of a, they all become more of a caricature. Mm-hmm. The first three seasons of the office, I think is hilarious, most hilarious and most realistic heartfelt. I was telling you the other day, I read that I read or someone reviewing it say, well, parks and rec while hilarious and great, 
everyone in that show is a cartoon caricature of a person. No one is a real life, I'd see that person around town person. Right. The Office, Dwight isn't, um, and Michael probably isn't, and everyone else is. Right. In the first three seasons. So that's why that show is so good. Right. Uh, and like, it's even kind of dull at times for a sitcom. It's not dull. It's just like, wow, this could really... Because you look at each character and you think, I know an Angela. I know yeah. a Kevin. I yeah. know a Pam. And Kevin becomes a big time caricature yeah. in the first, at the end. Yeah. So I think at the end, the last couple seasons, because I was rewatching them a couple years ago with Jake, because uh, I remember watching it when it aired and like when shows come out every single week and every week you're like looking forward to an episode and then it's the later seasons of The Office and you're like, eh, that wasn't that good. When you binge watch it, you can kind of just absorb the jokes more. And the last couple seasons, we'll we'll keep watching, get to them, are hilarious. Like there's some like really really funny moments. But as far as the story goes, I think it, it kind of gets worse after Jim and Pam get married. I think that's how most shows go when they have uh, the main romance is so the uh, on again off again, mm-hmm. or and they keep them apart for so many seasons. To build up that tension and then when they finally do get together it's like oh this is great but then where do we go from here it's well, not as like, it's not as exciting or you're friends not friends you did know. that with ross and rachel right and at the New end girl uh, did that with nick and jess yeah and it becomes kind of the joke is you're just over it you're just like okay i don't care like you i wish they would have just got together and stayed together and that's what the office did at the end, they do a little storyline where they're having like marriage troubles, but they mm-hmm. never break up. Like once Jim and Pam get together, they date and then they get married and then they have kids, and it's like okay, great. No other which sitcom is also can do kind that. of like yeah, it's also kind of very keeping on par with that that real that realism. It's like yeah, that's how it works. That's what happens. You, yeah. you date, you finally get together, you finally make that move, you date. You get married and you have babies. It mm-hmm. kind of stays on on theme with the show. Yeah. It's really good, though. I bet there's people that are sick of hearing about The Office, so they just will refuse to check it out, you know, because they're like, uh. Well, now it's, yeah. I can see that. But it's worthwhile. It's definitely worthwhile. But it's also, for me, it's like kind of nostalgic. I don't know. Whenever I watch it, I think of being back in high school. And watching it after school with my mom and my best friend. <laughs> we had the DVDs and we would put them on and we turned my garage in high school into a little hangout, like carpeted it and made couches and everything. And we, David and I would just put the DVDs on and just like run through them. I didn't start watching until I was in college, which was season th- three, I think. Yeah, season three. So I didn't start, I, I didn't watch the first two seasons the first season is only six episodes i remember my junior year of high school when the first season came out my english teacher who i really liked just told the class like you guys need to watch the office and i thought it was a reality tv show like american idol because i was so that was what everything was the apprentice the whatever um but but then i i saw like one scene in college my roommate was watching and i was like oh shit and i watched all of it (laughs) good show what else what's the song you have any other shows oh no. Evil Genius on Netflix was really good. What was I just watching before The Office? Oh, Van. 
um, Riverside, Riverdale. No, I haven't watched that in a while. Then I don't know. I oh, Harlot. Oh, yeah, Harlot. That was a great show. Very, uh, yeah, very sexual. It was kind of pornographic at times, but also really brutal. Um, based on the lives of prostitutes during, I want, I, what, the Renaissance? No. I only saw bits and pieces. I didn't what watch it. What era is that? It's like the powdered wigs. That lasted a long time, so I don't know. Yeah, whatever period. Yeah. So. 1800s. In London. 1500s. I would say 16. There you go. 1600s. Boom, 1600s. Official. Uh, but not official. <laughs> not official at all. Um. Yeah, that show was really good, really intense, quick watch, um, and very aesthetically pleasing, weirdly, because a lot of the scenes are kind of in, like, gross parts of, the dingy parts of London during that period, and then some parts are in these beautiful uh, apartments, everyone's dressed, you know, dressed very elegantly, and the storyline is very interesting, Um, you really end up rooting for prostitutes. Or sorry, now as we call them, sex workers. I still call them whores. Back then, they were called, they were called whores. They were called um, bods. They were called ladies of the night. No, they never called them that. Bods. Bod was like the head, the woman who, the person who took care of all of them, all the girls, the bods, and the men were called. Uh, oh, I can't remember now. What's the term for the lady who takes care of? There's another term. Starts with an M. Uh, I don't know. In America. Oh, I don't know. Mom? Mm. No, I can't think of it. Madam. Madam? Yeah. The madam. Mm. I don't, and yeah, okay. She's a woman in charge of prostituting <laughs> men or women. Yeah, a madam. Like Goals. Goals is what they called the men. Like Madam Margaret. She's in charge of the whorehouse. Mm. All right, that's all. What's the song? Tell us a song you remembered and you like, and then we'll end the, on the song. Love and Happiness by Al Green. Love and Happiness by Al Green. That's yeah. what your. That's the it. Yeah. How did you? How did it come back across your radar? We had our end of the year dinner with our staff, our small staff group, and one of the, we were playing music in the background, and one of the um, one of my coworkers requested that song. My boss requested that song. And so I played it for her, and I was like, wow, I forgot how good this song is. And now it's on my playlist, and I play it all day. <laughs> nice. All right, so we'll go to Love and Happiness. Just talking. Katie and I are back, and hopefully we drag Luke into the mess. And we're going to need topics, social situations, cognitive biases, whatever you want. We can't do history stuff anymore, though, because Jake and I have the history podcast, Laughs from the Past. Go check that out if you want. And uh, all right, give us a five-star review so people know this is a real podcast that Katie and I do, uh, if you want. If not, just listen. And try your hardest. Do your best. Katie, what do you have? Don't pick your nose or fart in an elevator. What if you're alone? Still don't do it. It's a confined space. That's gross. When you're, when you're, no one else can see what you're doing, do whatever the hell you want besides harm other people. Mm-hmm. Brush your teeth and floss them. Yeah. Thanks for listening. And here's Al Green, Love and Happiness. Bye. What our strategy, to be honest, is 
Try your hardest, do your best. 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 Love and happiness. Yeah. Something that can make you do wrong, make you do right. Yeah. Stay out all 